Everyone, welcome to the Philly Philly podcast. My name is Eric Perugini. Uh, my one co-host, Chris Lafif, will be joining us in just a few minutes. Patrick is on vacation this week. The lucky SOB is up the mountains. And tonight, I have a very special guest with us. It is Mr. Jeff Warren uh, from the Philadelphia Sports Table podcast. And uh, we're going to shoot the stuff, you know, about baseball and uh, all kind of stuff. But Jeff, welcome to the show, man. It's great to be on. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Oh, trust me. The pleasure's all mine. Thank you. Thank you. We've, uh, I got, I got to say, you guys are doing a good job. We've been, we've been doing the podcasting gig, my co-hosts and I, for over eight years at this point. I, it's, it's fun to still say that we're the longest running weekly Philly sports podcast show in the world. <laughs> and, uh, we're going to, we keep going. Our podcast drop every Thursday on our regular feed. We have a Patreon site, patreon.com slash Philadelphia PST. And, uh, Certainly right here at Philadelphia PST. You can follow us on Twitter. And uh, we just appreciate you reaching out to us. So thanks. Ah, no problem. Like I said, we're, uh, we're, trying, to, we're trying to grow our brand with CEVsports.com. And I figured, you know what? Let's reach out to the longest-running weekly Philadelphia <laughs> podcast. So, so, um, so as we're sitting here, we're, I know we're both watching the, the game right now. Uh, what are, uh, we were talking off air, but, uh, what are you, what are your thoughts about like, uh, these players, like, uh, say DeGrom, for example, who like choose to opt out? I, I get why certain players have decided to opt out of the all-star game. I get why certain players opt out of any all-star game, whether it's the NFL, whether it's, um, major league baseball, the NBA, uh, usually don't see it too, too much in the NHL. But I, I, I think what's interesting, Eric, is that, this is a moment in time during the year where baseball is highlighted. Baseball is highlighted during this time of the year. And players sometimes complain that the league doesn't do enough to market them well enough. Ken Rosenthal was writing about this uh, recently. Uh, so it's it's not necessarily a good look at times right. for some players when a number of them just bypassed the game's biggest promotional vehicle. And it's the one event on the baseball calendar that faces virtually no competition from any other sport, by the way. Yeah. And uh, listen, I get that certain guys might be banged up. There's health issues here and there, but inevitably it doesn't really help the brand of baseball when a lot of us, and I can say on our podcast show for years, we've been talking about the fact that major league baseball needs to get out of this muck. They need to get out of the mud in terms of who they're reaching. This is one, this is the moment in time for them to be reaching as many people as possible and of course, with the CBA, you know, there's the seven reasons that all stars can actually miss the game and uh, not attend, not play. I get all that, but I think overall, it's not the best look for baseball when you have a Degrom uh, or even um, uh, you know Yadier Molina, you know, mm -hmm. immediately backing out because of you know a quote ailing foot, and I shouldn't say a quote ailing foot. You know, he's probably got a, a foot injury, but it doesn't help the overall product. No, you're you're exactly right. Uh, I mean, I do agree with you. I, I'm one of those guys. I I see things fifty fifty. Same you know, here. Yeah, you know. Mm -hmm. And I, if it, when I hear like someone say, "Hey, it's family related," you know that this is the only time that they do get to stay home with their families. I kind of lean towards it a little, yeah. but at the same time, I also look back and say, "Well, you kind of have to give back to the fans. Like they're voting you into this game." Yeah, you know, and. And for some of these guys, I'm sure they have it in their contract, a stipulation or a clause that they'll Absolutely. get a certain amount of money. Well, yeah. if you're not going to play in the game, then you don't get that money. Even though you were voted in, you're not there, you don't see the cash. Yeah. So I I don't know. Like I kind I kinda agree with you. It's like it, it comes down to it's also kind of stupid on their part, if you want to say, because of, of the marketing factor. Right. And and like there's nothing on right now except them. You know, exactly. All, all eyes are on them. You exactly. Know, you know, and I, you know, like perfect example last night, all eyes on Pete Alonzo, back to back home run champ. And he, he's got his, his, uh, his, uh, teammate, DeGrom, who's just not there. You know, he's one of the best pitchers in baseball. Exactly. Well, and I, I do find it, you know, it's a bit quote odd that none of the uh, what, what four Astros, I think, were, uh, voted to the all star game. Yeah. None yeah. of the Astros are there. And because, 
a lot of them would have, or th those individuals would probably have to answer some tough questions. You know, I mean, mm -hmm. the, the Astros won the title. They had a former teammate, uh, you know, come clean about everything. And ha had they not won the World Series, there, there wouldn't be much said here. There really wouldn't. But Major League Baseball, Rob Manfred, I think in a way that, that makes Roger Goodell look like freaking Perry Mason declaring that the <laughs> Astros were basically the only ones that ever cheated before or after. And there's a, you know, just it, it just it's unfortunate for baseball that this kind of stuff has to happen. And I, I wish that more players, ball clubs and Major League Baseball in general would say, listen, this is a great time for all of us to come together. You know, let's make this kind of like the uh, the the NFL Pro Bowl. We don't have to go all balls out. You know, you don't have to pitch ninety eight hundred miles an hour out there. Let's have fun with the game. Let's all come together. I think that's what the home run derby is. You saw Coors Field last night completely packed. Everybody yelling and screaming. Everybody enjoying themselves. I think it's uh uh I, I think the all-star just break is good for the game of baseball. And I think mm -hmm. they, they're kind of mucking it up here, here and there. Yeah, they do. And uh, everyone, Chris has been able to finally get in and join us. He's home from his, uh, his trek from Wait, North just... Wales. <laughs> yeah, How what's are up, you? gentlemen? What's going on? <laughs> good to see you. Good to see you. Yeah, we're, I mean, we're talking about just how it's interesting during this uh, time of year. There's no other, no other like marquee, sporting event going on with the all-star game yet you have certain players that quote are opting out uh based on the seven reasons that they're able to and uh, i was i was mentioning to eric that you know players sometimes complain that the league doesn't market them well enough or their teams don't market them well enough major league baseball overall but it's not a good look they don't show up to one of the biggest extravaganzas throughout the year <laughs> and i think and i don't I, I don't think it's a good look for baseball no, you know what? And it's funny. I actually didn't even know you guys signed on. I never got the alert on my phone for some reason. But it's funny because this was brought up months ago. I, I do another baseball uh, podcast called the Diamond Club Podcast. And, and we talk about, you know, baseball's marketing and how Mike Trout, his face isn't plastered everywhere. Eric was mentioning that, yes. <laughs> which is crazy. Like, we all know who Mike Trout is. Like, obviously... You know, he's a local kid. I mean, well, not local, but he's local enough. But we yeah. know who he is. But if you go and, like, the way baseball markets everybody, he's not marketed. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it's bizarre. It's really bizarre. And I think and I think it's, again, it's baseball has always operated in such a traditionalistic type of manner. And I get it. I get it. It's, it's, it's America's pastime. However, I think there are certain elements of baseball and whether it's Rob Manfred or whether it's other parts of that MLB front office that need to realize, and I hate using the cliched phrase, we're in the 21st century, but we are progressing to a point where certain elements and aspect of baseball just might not be as relevant as they once were. And the way of doing business in the old days might not be the way that we should be doing business now. And Chris, as you're talking about with the marketing We've mentioned it many times on our podcast that they have to do a better job. Teams have to do a better job as well. I mean, I remember six years ago when we were doing our show, my co-host Len and I talking about how the Phillies just needed to, they needed to do more in terms of their marketing and branding. And they've certainly come a certain amount of way <laughs> with that. They've done a decent job over the years, but I still think they can do a lot more in terms of their online branding and marketing, but uh, and now, again, yeah, you're, you're right. And, you know, having Bryce Harper, you know, he's really, I feel like he's taking that next step as a guy, yeah. as they, as people quote unquote, say he gets Philadelphia, Yeah, but he does all the right stuff. You know, the fanatic cleats, the fanatic jacket definitely you know, the, gets it. Yeah. The, the fanatic and the gritty t-shirt, you, you know, like, like, and he wears that stuff and he wears it proud. Yeah. So he's Absolutely. not like, like I, I truly think he loves this city. I know he loves the fan base, and I, I feel like the Phillies market him pretty damn well. Like I could be, I could be a hundred percent wrong, but I went to the the last the game against the Padres, where they on that Sunday, and me and my buddy uh, Keith went, and we we got tickets in right field. We specifically got tickets in right field. It's awesome, and we, and we specifically got tickets, or we got there early enough so that we could see his bail. Yeah. Yeah. So like like so for marketing stuff like that, like he's at least doing the marketing for the Phillies. I'll say that. Mm -hmm. You know, he's always in the news. He's always like signed JT. 
He's always got that BCIB <laughs> you know, shirt on, like like all last season during COVID. Like, like he was doing, he was marketing himself. So, I think with with that, you know, if Philly's got that right. Yeah. But back to your point is like 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 Mike Trout's face needs to be everywhere. You never hear <laughs> you never hear a negative thing about the guy. Like I, I see like right now that everyone is you know everyone's a big hot thing right now is like Tom. Who's 100 mile an hour fastball Nolan Arenado, which is ridiculous. <laughs> it's like, but you know, like that's your designated hitter. He's got 33 home runs, right? And we've never seen this, right? Like, <laughs> I, you've never seen a guy throw 100 miles an hour. Like, there's a joke that came out. It was it was like a couple weeks ago. You know, you know, Otani threw 88 pitches. Now he's playing right field. I did that in eighth grade. How come no one made a big? <laughs> I come to made a big stink when I did it. Like, like, uh, but, you know, like, I, and I feel like baseball's coming around with the marketing part. Like, they're starting to put the faces out there. We're, know, we're, and, <laughs> and they're getting ahead. lucky. And they're getting lucky because now we're seeing kids that we watch their dads play: the Pichettes, the Biggios, the Vlad's Guerreros, and the Tatis. Like, they're 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 slowly becoming the best players in the game. And it's just comical because we watched their dads play. Yeah. Like that's, and I, I think it's another thing is that they're, they're finally getting to that marketing. They're not doing enough. Like you were, like you, you pertain to earlier, but you know, like, like, but so I missed it. What were you saying about the, because the guys who were opted out of the all-star game. Well, yeah, we were just talking about yeah. the fact that the, some of these players have opted out of the all-star game, you know, maybe rightfully so because of injuries or, you know, nursing something here or there, but Just like we were talking, this is the best time of year for Major League Baseball to be able to market themselves. And of course, with the new collective bargaining agreement that's going to be coming down the pike, I do wonder if Major League Baseball is going to engage in this aspect of the All-Star game and the All-Star break a little bit more. And, uh, you know, wanting to have their stars be the marquee or at the marquee here instead of just staying at home. And, and, you know, it really, again, talking about the marketing of baseball, uh, Otani, you brought him up. And Eric, I know you wanted to get into Otani a little bit and the whole Babe Ruth aspect of it. What better way to market baseball at this very moment in time? Otani is a once in a century player in a, Mm -hmm. in a year when we need to be awed and inspired by baseball and we need to be distracted by it, quite frankly, because there's a lot of other stuff within the baseball world. That's not all that great right now. (laughs) And I I think there is the possibility that he actually could be quote better than Babe Ruth. (laughs) Quite frankly, listen, Babe Ruth did it for what? 1918, 1919. He did it for two years. And Otani might be able to do this longer. And what does that do for his legacy? What does it do for the game of baseball's legacy? And I wish that Major League Baseball would be more engaged from a marketing perspective when it comes to Otani and what he means to the game. Yeah, I mean, I, I completely agree because, I mean, he, um, it, he the, the, the talent level that he's playing against is light years ahead of what <laughs> Babe Ruth was going against. No, right. But, you know, I mean, you, you go back and look at what they were playing, like where they were playing and things like that. And some of these stadiums, like it was basically just backyards with concrete walls built around them. And now these guys are top of the line, everything. And the the athleticism is just through the charts. Yeah. And and for what he's doing, it's it's mythical. It's really it's really <laughs> it mythical. You know, it's like he, he that's where he comes into the, the same conversation as Babe Ruth. And I agree with you. He. He may be better than him when, when everything's all said and done. He and, may be, yeah. And and to me, it speaks volumes of the game of baseball because he's not from America. He is an import. And you have this type of talent that came into the country to play an American game, and he is just – he's it. He's he's the guy. He's, he's the one the kids will be talking about. Exactly. When, when they're, they're talking and, and with their grandkids. Exactly. You know? Yeah. yeah, Babe Ruth. He quit doing it both ways. He quit, you know, the yeah. two-way business just after 218 games. Uh, he told reporters while golfing in Los Angeles after the 1919 season that, you know, the outfield was where he belonged. It was too hard 
on his arm to play every single day, you know, take your turn in the box, you know, and he found that it was uh, just never effective for him mm -hmm. from a long-term perspective. But yeah. it, 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 I don't know, with, with, with Otani, <laughs> he's quite the athlete. Babe Ruth, yeah, he was kinda. impressive, but I, his, from an athleticism standpoint, <laughs> with all the hot dogs and beer, who knows? I don't know. Maybe Otani's, maybe Otani's eating hot dogs and drinking beer. I don't know. <laughs> so a funny thing about Otani is, is he obviously he came over, and there was obviously all the teams were interested, and the Angels were able to buy his rights. Um, if he had waited one more season when he was twenty five, he would have gotten a two hundred million dollar deal. Without ever playing a major league baseball game, that's incredible. That yeah. is insane. Think about the contract he's going to get once it's up. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Depending like, on like, yeah, yeah. Like people are people are talking about like Bryce Harper's deal, and you know F Fernando Tatis's deal who just signed. His deal is going to be outrageous. Yeah, and if he keeps doing what he's doing, he's got to stay in the American League. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, I, absolutely. I, I, yeah, yeah. Like I, I can't see like you know, uh, uh, unless unless the DH comes to the National League, right, right. So I, I, and that and and if I'm if I'm the the like the players union and with everything coming up with the CBA and you bring that up, like that could that could be a selling point because think about it. As, as great as the Los Angeles Angels are, you know, imagine if a, a market team like the Mets, the Phillies, the Yankees. You know, if we even go to with the Red Sox, like even the Nationals, like those market teams, like, and they go after Otani and they got the DH, you know, it's going to be an East Coast team. Like, right. so there's going to be more exposure. You know, we'll probably, if I had to, if I had to get, take a guess, a team that's obviously going to take a stab at them, it's always going to be the Yankees because they have, they just Absolutely. print money. They yeah. just print money. But, <laughs> you know, teams like the Mets, you know, the Phillies, like because of the market they have, and like, think about it. Like, if the Phillies went and got Otani, and they have Bryce Harper and they have JC <laughs> Real Muto, like, like the market alone, right there. And and again, we go back to the beginning of the the podcast. It's it's so much easier to market these guys mm -hmm. because they're on the East Coast. They're not on the West Coast. Not many people stay up to watch 10, 11 o'clock games. I I've always said baseball is a special sport. You know, it, it's only a certain type of person can sit through nine innings of a game. Like, <laughs> yeah. like, like, it, cause you've had no, no many times. Oh, it's boring. It's this, it's that. Listen, I love, I'll sit down. I'll watch, I'll watch as much baseball as I can. Right. Like, but with, with, with Otani here though, guys, it's so incredible how you can take the traditionalistic aspects of the game. The traditionalists who watch this game for nine innings, you can take the traditional components and, and people who love this game and mix and mesh it with a newer type of generation. The first the first AL player ever with 31 home runs and 12 stolen bases by the All-Star break. I mean, he leaves the major leagues and home runs, and I love this stat, and bunt hits as well. He's four for four when bunting for a hit. <laughs> <laughs> and, I mean, that is that is an unmatched success rate. I mean, and until this year, no player, and we're looking at Babe Ruth here, ever hit 30 home runs and made 10 starts on the mound in the same year. And Otani did it in just 81 games. So you can take the traditionalists within the game of baseball and you can take those individuals and start meshing them with what we're talking about here. These amazing stats and say, listen, Part of the old part of, part of the game that we all love so much, and that that has been the traditional aspects of this game, we can we can mesh it with what's happening today. And I, I and I wish Major League Baseball would get there, man. I wish they would. Uh, I wish they'd be able to market this a little bit better than what they are now. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. I mean, because uh, like I said to you off air, it's it is a shame that you don't hear anything about Mike Trout, but yet. You, they make it seem like Aaron Judge is the greatest guy in the world, all because he's a Yankee <laughs> on the East Coast. Yeah, yeah. You know, and and I don't think and Aaron I, Judge. I can't stand. I can't stand Aaron Judge. I think he's. Yeah. There's just something about him that he, he. I just don't like. Like I don't know what it is. It's not that he's a Yankee. I just, I just don't like him. <laughs> and I don't know why. I'm sure he's a good dude. I just. I, I don't know. There's just something. I think. I think he might be too cocky. Like because I feel like he is. He's like I'm Aaron Judge and I'm a Yankee. 
So I'm already good. <laughs> again, yeah. I, again, I could be 100% wrong. The guy's probably a way better ca- character person than I'll ever be. But that's just my opinion of him. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, you're right. You, you never know. You, you don't know what this guy's like. But I, I do. I just find it funny that he gets a lot of attention. And and someone like Trout, you don't hear anything about. Which which also makes me laugh because, you know, you got Otani there. And Otani's just, like, blowing up. Like, taking the baseball world by storm. And... I mean, you got Mike Trout sitting there, and no one hears a word about him ever, <laughs> ever. Well, a, a lot of it has to do with winning too. So, uh, unfortunately, the Angels. It's a good point. They, yeah, they haven't yeah. won anything. They haven't really advanced. I don't even. I don't even have the stats in front of me, but I, I'm sure that they didn't make the playoffs a lot. You know, so, right? So, like, so the exposure isn't there. But you know, the, like when you when you're in Philadelphia and you and you see Mike Trout, what do you what do you remember Mike Trout for? You know, getting the football from Carson Wentz during, <laughs> yeah. during an Eagles game. That, that's the most time we see him during, like, October and September is he's getting the football from the quarterback. Being uh, a diehard like, Eagle fan. Yep. Yeah, yep. right. Absolutely. And, like, and, and you know, the fact that, like, the NFL uses that to their advantage. Like, they see Mike Trout, like, oh, well, we're going to zoom in on him because now fans are going to talk about it. Oh, did you see Wentz and Trout are, you know, they're best friends. So, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Wentz can get Trout to come to to the Phillies. Like, that's, that's I not... definitely fell for that. I definitely fell. Well, for everybody, that. everybody fell for that. Like it's you're not the only one. I'm sure the half the city of Phil, probably seventy five percent of the city of Philadelphia fell for that. Right. But <laughs> I, I always go back to like like think about it. Why would Mike Trout come to Philadelphia? He lives in Los Angeles. There's no pressure out there to win. Right. You, you know their football teams could lose eighty seven to three in January. But when they walk outside, it's 94 degrees outside. When a team in the East Coast loses 87 to 3, you're walking back to your car in snow, rain, and 10 degree weather. That's why everyone in the East Coast always looks mad when their team loses when they leave the game. <laughs> I, paid, I, I paid all this money to watch my team get blown out, and it's nine degrees outside. They're ticked off yeah. at the weather. <laughs> right. That's, that's like, like, yeah, right. Yep. You, you never saw anyone leaving San Diego Ch- the Charger Stadium sad. <laughs> Nope, because nope. like, they don't even turn the air on. That's how nice it is out there. <laughs> like, like, so, like, but that, you know, I, I don't know. I, like, but, but go back to Atani. Like, like he's gonna demand a lot. I don't. It's not that he's gonna demand a lot of money. The market's gonna give him a lot of money. Yes. And you know, if Major League Baseball is right, they, you know, they should put the DH in the NL so that, you know, it, it gives you know gives us a chance to see him on the East Coast if he signs with a different team. Yeah. And you know what? The Phillies have two designated hitters, so maybe we can convert, use one of them because Alec Bohm stinks at third, <laughs> as does Reese Hoskins stinks at first. <laughs> like, put Hoskins at DH and put Alec Bohm at first. No, uh, I, I, I totally agree. I, I, I agree with you. And the, the DH could be the best thing to happen with, in the NL. Could absolutely be the best thing to happen. <laughs> There's there's uh, my there's my yeah. broadcast partner from the Diamond Club podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, but, yeah. but yeah, the 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 DH could be the best thing to happen in in the NL because it'll be able to market these guys that don't normally play during these times and when they come to the East Coast now. So, yeah, man. But you're right. Otani's gonna he he's one hundred percent going to get money just thrown at him because the market's going to dictate it and yeah i can't wait to see what he gets because i'm going to i'm going to just like scream into my pillow <laughs> it's going to be 400 oh i i think it's going to be 400 Over if he like, keeps it up yeah if he keeps yeah, if he yeah, keeps yeah, this yeah. up on a yeah. consistent basis i think you're correct yeah if this I, I dude totally if this dude wins 20 games i don't even know what his record is but imagine if he wins 20 games and hits 55 home runs like teams are gonna be just like I'll <laughs> I'll trade you my minor league system right now for him. Yeah, <laughs> like, like, like his ERA at home is one point seven two. That's ridiculous, ridiculous. And he had one bad outing, and that was against the Yankees a couple weeks ago when he gave up seven yeah. runs yeah. in the first inning. But like, mm-hmm. like pitchers have been. But that see that's where it where the designated hitter and being the batter and the pitcher, because once you take him out. Of, of the as the pitcher, he's not the DH no more. Obviously, right. All Star game that they made, you know, it's the All Star game. This is what people want to see. So you know, now uh, an AL manager has to know how to use his bench correctly. No, oh well, you know what, you know John Verlady, you know he's got to come up and he's got to 
he's got a bat. Well, I'm going to make sure I have a pinch hitter for him. So right. there's some American League, it's not that hard to manage if you have your one through nine. You know, it, it's where you have you have to start using pinch hitters in the American League. And let's be realistic. How many pinch hitters are really in the American League? Like, not too many of them. Not, like, yeah, not too many. Not like, too many. Right. So, <laughs> like, I don't know. I, I, like I said, I'm all for the DH. I used to be used to be against the DH for the National League. I just didn't like the DH to begin with, but now I'm for it. Like, bring it on. I like to like, hear that. <laughs> I'm yeah. definitely a fan. I'm a fan. One of my co-hosts is not a fan. He's one of he, he's a traditionalist with the game of baseball. Um, but I, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing it come to the uh, and uh, the NL. Got in all seriousness, and, and listen, I know the strategy is there. I, I know it's the managers have a strategic uh, way about doing things, which is the appeal of the National League. I just don't want. I, I just don't want Aaron Nola. I don't want Zach Wheeler. I don't want to see my Phillies pitchers in the batting box anymore. I just don't. I'm an old man at this point. <laughs> I'm, getting, I'm getting up there, and I have been tired of seeing pitchers in the batting box in the National League for some time. And listen, we, my co-host and I, we've gone back and forth on it. My other co-host, Eric, yeah, he, he agrees. He's like, get, let's get, you know, get rid of or let's bring in the DH uh, to the National League. But I, I just... I, I, I think we're at that point in time. I think we're at that point in time. And I think what's interesting is, and I don't know if we want to move on to what's going to be happening potentially with the Phillies. Monkey's Uncle is a retro vintage inspired t-shirt boutique that's more than just a store. It's family owned and locally operated in Doylestown, Pennsylvania since 2010. It's a unique experience all to itself that takes you down memory lane where I know you are sure to find something that will make you nostalgic for that back-in-the-day feeling. From babies to babes, dudes to dads, it's the most fun your closet will ever have. Visit them at themonkeysuncle.net today. Check out their inventory of cool, hip, pop culture, vintage apparel, from t-shirts to coffee mugs, and they even have awesome masks to help keep you and others around you safe during the COVID-19 pandemic. That's themonkeysuncle.net. Or call at 267-247-5865. That's 267-247-5865. Don't forget, themonkeysuncle.net. Um, you know, with the trade deadline and, and, and what may happen with, uh, you know, Reese, what, I don't know if you want, if you want to dive into that, I don't, it, this is your show. I'm sorry. I don't mean to hijack it. Oh, no, 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 <laughs> no, no, you're no, good. no. Listen, <laughs> listen, we're opinion. all here. We're all talking the same thing. No, yeah. listen, you're right. Like I, I, I don't think the Phillies are going to sell anybody. I think they're going to make a move. I think they're going to get like an Ian Kennedy. They're not going to get Kimbrell because the Cubs are going to no. want the world. They're going to want yeah. the yeah, world. I don't think the Yeah. Like they're gonna be like, we want Mick Abel and Bryson Stott, and I would hang up that phone, like real quick. Yeah. So, I mean, part of me want, part of me wonders if at all possible, if they can, if they could do both in a way, somehow, some way. I mean, they're they're not too far out of first place, amazingly enough, um, in the NL East. The Mets, I mean, they seem the to be like. Met. They're, they're yeah, yeah. yeah, they seem to be like two steps forward, one step back, not being able to mount like, a, you know, a nine out of 11 run, you know, to take off with the division lead. You know, the Braves are still stuck spinning their wheels. And of course, with the uh, major injury, ACL injury to Ronald Acuna, you know, the Na Nationals, they've kind of cooled off. They've lost their hottest hitter and the Phillies haven't set the world on fire. They also haven't disappeared either so i wonder if it's possible that they could actually buy maybe some necessary bullpen pieces to shore up what could be this very leaky bullpen maybe adding a sixth or seventh inning reliever shouldn't cost them that much maybe or even any of their best prospects so i don't, I don't know i'm wondering if there's something there if they should pounce on it at the same time you know, they're a team that's more assured of a playoff spot, you know, uh, you know, becoming something desperate. They're becoming desperate, you know. Uh, yeah. it, it's something that, uh, I don't know, it's it's just interesting because I think they have like a 15% chance right now of making the playoffs. It's not great. It's certainly not mortgaging the future and the future being Spencer Howard or Mick Abel or Bryson Stott. 
for just a marginally higher chance at the postseason. So I don't know. I'm kind of just on both sides of this here, guys. Yeah, I, listen, listen, the Phillies are an above average team. You know, in the beginning of the season, I we did a show and I said they're. It, I I have them at like an 87, 88 win team. I had them at eighty four. Yeah, may, may, maybe mm-hmm. making a run for the last wild card spot. You know, and, and playing that one game, but like I'm I'm a stack guy. You know, so you know I follow every little thing, mm-hmm. and the Phillies are six pitches, six pitches away from being fifty and thirty eight instead of forty four and forty four. Like, so that's like six pitches. Like that's insane. That's, that's how bad their bullpen has been. (laughs) So, I mean, you know, I don't know what the deal with Spencer Howard is if he's on a pitch count, but he has a good inning, put him in as a closer. I don't know if Ranger Suarez, I had called for it just to see if he could do it. Just seven out save. Like now you're going to have all the Philadelphia Phillies fans saying Ranger Suarez should have been the closer all season long. That's, that's, being a closer, you have to be insane. You got to be a Papelbon esque crazy SOB to be a closer because you can't let it bother you. And we don't know the mentality of uh, Ranger Suarez. Now, right. Alvarado's got the mentality of being a closer. He just doesn't have the stuff. Like, he he just, I'm, I'm tired of seeing a 100 mile an hour sinker bounce to home plate. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Happens all the time. Like, like, and then, and then Hector Naris, he just, I, I got I got nothing. Like he, I was at that game. He was one pitch away from the Mac of the inning. And then he gave up six unanswered runs with two outs. Yeah. I, 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 I read a stat a few I read a stat a few weeks ago. It might have been a little over a few weeks ago that fifty percent of his pitches that are actually where contact is made with the bat are actually just pop ups in the outfield. Fifty percent. That yeah, I'm sorry. You don't. I I don't want that from closer. I no. I don't want that at all. I mean, just making con. We're talking about a batter making contact. Fifty percent of them are pop ups in the outfield, and it's just unacceptable to me. That's unacceptable to me for, yeah, no. for a closer. Yeah, no. no you, you his cutter out. isn't cutting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's not. I, and I don't know what you guys are thinking in terms of after the All Star break, but you know, I I think in terms of the buying and selling, if if things happen after the all-star break, because I think they start with the uh, the Red Sox again, like if things start to fall apart, like selling raises its own problems because unless there's going to be a total teardown route, which honestly I would be strongly against anything that they sell, they're going to need to replace next year. So if they wanted to like trade Gene Segura or Reese Hoskins, that leaves them with an incredible void at one of the infield spots next year. And I, I don't know if this team should do that. So, I mean, if they trade Reese Costins, that is what it is. So you're going to have Bo move over to third. Right. Then you'll probably have Segura move over to third. And you'll put Boom at first. You would have to think Maton's going to play second. That would be my guess. And then, so. you know, you know, I, I don't know why Bryson Stott's not at Lehigh Valley. He's just, he's tearing up uh, uh, for, for running right now. Yeah. He'd had a, he had a great all-star weekend like move that kid up to lehigh valley and get him up there and get him ready for 2022 because he's the guy who's going to replace Didi. like hands down unless they can trade Didi this year but like i said i don't think the phillies make any trades i don't yeah i'll be shocked if reese hoskins is traded i think reese hoskins is a trade piece in the Mm offseason but that but again that also goes back to what they're going to do with the dh Right, like if they're if they're if they're gonna use if they if, if it ends up being that the DH is coming to the NL, you know Reese is going over to, you know Reese is swinging over to DH, Bones going the first, and maybe they go after Chris Bryant in the offseason and he can play third. Right, you know, like they that would be the ideal. For me, my biggest thing, you know, is they gotta. Re- I, I don't. They gotta replace Odubel Herrera. They have to. Like you're gonna have. You're not gonna have McCutcheon next year. Nope. And Adubel Herrera is his his on base percentage for a leadoff hitter is atrocious. Stinks. Yes. And it, it's, it's atrocious for him being in the lineup. So yeah, I, I don't I don't <laughs> yeah. know. I agree. I, you know, you're gonna have hopefully Mickey Moniak. I know that's Eric's boy. Um, hopefully Mickey Mantle. Mickey Mantle. Yeah, yeah. Mickey, Mickey Mantle. <laughs> but but hopefully you know he he comes around. 
Yeah, like a double. Like, why is he given not a short leash? Like, but what's what's his name? He was given a ten games, right? Um, Nicky Minaj. Yeah, yeah. And and listen, I'm not saying he he's he's the answer, but you know, like, but Adubel isn't. He's he's not he's not a good ball player. He he's terrible defensively. You know, he's isn't he on the IR anyway or IL whatever it is. I yeah. think so. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Chris, you know why they be? He he's, he's batting two. He's batting two forty one. He's got an on base of two ninety. His slugging's three ninety. Is three ninety. You know, he's got 45 strikeouts against 14 walks. That's a disgrace. Like, it is. That's, it's rough. Like, <laughs> it's real rough. Uh, and, and, yeah. and then, so when you sit there and you get frustrated and you see, you know, obviously Travis Janikowski has played a lot better since he got tagged out at second by the catcher in full gear. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I still, it's still one of the most aggravating plays I think I can remember in Philly's history. And Real Muta just hit a home run. <laughs> oh, that's I, fantastic. I got, fantastic. I got, I got the <laughs> I, I it was funny when I was coming home. I had to, I was at a baseball kids baseball game and I had the two kids in the car, my son and his teammate. I'm like, Real Muta's hitting a home run today. I didn't really think he was gonna hit a home run. <laughs> Snippet, I did not know that JT Real Muta was a shortstop in the minors. Neither neither did I. Me You're neither. teaching me something here tonight, Chris. Thank you very much. He was a shortstop. <laughs> And the last All Star game he played, he played shortstop. Right, right. I had a thirteen wow. year old. I had a thirteen year old tell me this. I'm like, get out of here! Unbelievable. <laughs> oh, these kids, these kids, these kids. But I mean, getting back to the fills though, here, guys. I mean, I still find it unbelievable with the the considerable amount of defensive shortcomings, and and what that has done to this team during the course mm-hmm. of this season. The defensive shortcomings. And the lack of concentration at times on the field with some of these players, I don't mean to be complaining about this team, given the fact that they still actually have the ability statistically to win the NL East. They do have the ability to do it. Do I think that's going to happen? Probably not. I don't mean to be negative, but my gosh, if the defensive shortcomings can be mitigated at some point during the second half of the season, we can see some good stuff coming from this team. No, you're. You're absolutely correct, and it's it, one thing that me and Eric always talk about. This is like we're not rooting against this team, we're right? Not, but when we see the shortcomings, we're going to talk about it. We're not going to be like you know, like those others. Oh, you know, like like the one radio station always finds something wrong. They just went seven. <laughs> they just went yeah. seven and three in their last ten games. Yeah, and they find something wrong with that seven and three. Of course, but, oh, listen, yeah. <laughs> And, and like, like when you say when you talk about the defensive shortcomings, it's all across the board. Real Muto hasn't been; he's been terrible behind the plate mm-hmm. with throwing out runners. You know, Didi's had his moments. Bryce has had his moments. Yeah. You know, I I forget the, the the one game I was watching, just watching a double, just just backtracking. Just I'm like, you you could have held the guy to a single if you would have played it correctly. It's just laziness. Like it's, it's all when it comes down to is laziness. You know, at least like when Didi's out there and he's making errors, he's at least attempting to make a play. Right. But yeah. So, and, and another thing that I I'll ask you about, and you you can chime in too. What is your thoughts on Joe Girardi as manager? It's an interesting concept and a question. <laughs> I should say question, not concept. concept. <laughs> yeah, it's an interesting question. We actually talked about it on our show this past week. And again, you know, it's like talking about the trade deadline. Do they buy or do they sell? Joe Girardi, is he good or does he not have all the tools in the toolbox here to be able to make certain decisions he needs to make, especially with the bullpen? And I, I think that with Joe Girardi, I think he's going to get at least another season regardless of how things go. I mean, unless this team completely tanks it, I think Joe Girardi is still going to be uh, the manager of the Philadelphia Phillies next year. There are instances we have seen throughout this season where he has made extremely questionable choices, specifically with the bullpen. I mean, and and then getting the card wrong and everything that one game, like just... There are questionable aspects of his managerial acumen this season. 
But I do also believe that the front office needs to be held accountable for what they have provided, not just what they've provided this team, because they there's something to be said for chemistry with a team. And, and that chemistry is able to take teams to another level. We saw that with the Philadelphia Eagles in the 2017 season. Mm-hmm. We saw what chemistry can do to a team, quite frankly, guys, that probably should not have won the Super Bowl in many ways. They were, it was a magical year. I loved it and it was fantastic. But there's something to be said about chemistry. And for some reason, this Philadelphia Phillies franchise doesn't seem to have it with all the talent that's on paper. And how does that reflect with regard to what Joe Girardi is or is not able to do? I still don't think we have the answers to that, but I still think he's going to be around for at least another year. Yeah, I yeah. agree. I think he is too. I do. Yeah, oh, it's funny. And, and, uh, it's funny. It's, it's funny you bring up the, the chemistry because I I always say about the 2017 Eagles, they had the three C's: they had chemistry, they had coaching, and they had catches. I feel like they caught <laughs> everything. Yes. You know, there was there, like Nelson Aguilar looked like Jerry Rice. Like didn't drop a blessed <laughs> thing that year. Yeah, for some reason he took the rakes that were his hands for the years prior, and he just cut the rakes off and actually put fingers on his hands. He didn't have rakes on his. Yeah. On, on his hands. But I, 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 I always say they have, they have, they have the, they, they had the three yeah. C's. As good as that chemistry was, their coaching was was better. That's just, mm-hmm. and, and we saw what happened when Dee Filippo left, and when we saw Reichley, like we, we saw the coaching take a step back, and that's fine. That that's what happens in the NFL. But you're right. Like the Phillies don't have chemistry, and you know they don't have like that Rollins to Utley. Like it's it's just not there. Like you just right. don't see it. You can feel it as a fan, and you just you never think like, oh, all right, well there's a, there's a man on first. You know, so and so is going to ground out until you're going to get this four six three <laughs> double play. Yeah, and you, you're just not that confident. Like I yeah. like I can still remember being in my car on the way to dinner. When the Phillies beat the Nationals in 08 to win the division, I was like, oh, they're going to hit no double play. And next thing you hear, you hear Harry Callis, you know, Al Rollins, Utley to first, NLE's champs. Yeah. And you like, it, it's stuff like that when you just look at the past teams. And you like, you, like, Erica just put up this stat. Like, like look at that. 139 oh, yeah. years. Yeah, John is completely correct. The team doesn't have an identity. They have no identity. And they were in the playoffs for five straight seasons. Yeah. So that means take away those five, it was nine. Nine times in 139 years of of postseason (laughs) success is just not good. Like, just... Yeah, I don't know, and and <laughs> like I said, I love baseball. You know, we we had a, a we had a guy last night on from the Charlotte Bats who's trying to get a baseball team into Charlotte Major League Baseball team, and, and I'm looking forward to see how that's going. And we like just talking baseball. You know, when when your teams are good, it, it's it's good. It's fun. It's, it's fun. It's fun to talk about sports now, are of, fun. Like think about <laughs> yeah. the conversation. Right. Think about the conversation we would be having right now if the Phillies went three and seven. Instead of seven and three, right? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. We'd be. I. I trade everybody, but the big thing that we that is going on in baseball. Then we'll, we'll move on to the next topic. Is I, I don't know. Like I said, is these people who were just say Bryce Harper isn't worth the money. We they need to trade him. It's one of the worst ah. signings in 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 Philly's history, and it, it just comes down to people who don't know the game of baseball. Right. Like, yeah. like that's all. there's guys who they turn on the TV, they see, oh, well, you know what? The media says that Bryce Harper got $330 million. Oh, well, he's not playing up to his, his potential. Oh, you know what? The, the Houston Astros cheated. You know, they're cheaters. You know, the Yankees did this. The Yankees did that. Like, And that's what they follow by. Right. And it drops and it drives me bananas. And I know John is going to chime in too because it drives him bananas when they sit there and say that Bryce Harper isn't worth the money. He's not a good ball player. He's overrated. <laughs> and then he'll drop stats that just make you – and then you don't hear from anybody because that's the thing. Like we run this we run this podcast. You know, you know, we love talking sports. And I – listen, I'm on social media all the time. And the time I see people, you know, killing Claude Giroux, killing Bryce Harper – 
killing so and so. I'm I I'm like, well, come on, get your 15 minutes of fame. You tell us why Bryce Harper stinks, <laughs> right? <laughs> and you know what they'll say? Because he doesn't drive in 100 runs, right? Bryce Harper's not an RBI guy. He's never right. been, right? He he's done it three times in his career. He hit 42 home runs the year he won the MVP and drove in 99 runs. <laughs> he had 40 home runs and drove in 99 RBIs. Saying something. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's not his – it's not what his game. He leaves the Phillies in on – I think he's like first or second on base. But he leaves the Phillies in, in second in home runs. On base percentage is like first or second. And he leads them in steals. Our number three hitter leads our team in steals. <laughs> right. Like and that's a stat that no one talks about because no one steals bases anymore. But you know you, you got John Smith on you know talking two one five or you know talking Phillies. Oh, Bryce Harper's overrated. He stinks. <laughs> right. He's not worth the three hundred thirty million dollars. You should trade him and rebuild your farm. I'm, I'm just gonna, I'm just going to let you know the Phillies are not good at development players. They're not. Yeah. Like well, I, I'm looking forward to this kid that they drafted. But you know with him and Mick Abel, they should have a good one two punch. You know, if you guys feel anything differently, but you know, with the Phillies, you get scared. Like you're like, oh man, what are they going to do? How are they going to screw this up? You know, though, like you just brought up, you're looking forward to the kid they just drafted. I, I think the Major League Baseball draft is completely pointless and a waste of time because I, you, you, you never know what they're going to be. Number one, that's with any draft. To be honest with you, you never know what these guys are going to be. But sometimes it just takes so long for guys to develop. You know, like, I, I can't stand the, the draft. And the simple fact that, like, you were actually talking draft with somebody makes me laugh because I can't I can't do it. Major League Baseball draft, I can't do it. I, I think I, hate, I think I when it that. comes to the Phillies organization, it takes so long for these uh, players to uh, develop. And, and listen, like, Chris, I know you like to get in the weeds, and I live 10 minutes from Coca-Cola Park where the, we have Valley Iron Pigs play. And... It's nice to it's been nice over the years to see certain players at that park doing what they're doing to try to develop. But I think we do need to keep in mind that the Phillies do have new developmental uh, evaluators and new scouts. They have almost essentially, from my understanding, a lot of new development individuals in the system. And it's my hope that within the next year or two, we're going to kind of see the fruits of that, these new individuals. Uh, you know, coming to some sort of positive fruition here because it, it's been really rough. I mean, going back to the J.P. Crawford days, the Michael Franco days, I mean, we saw what those gentlemen, you know, what, mm-hmm. what their ceilings, you know, have been exactly. thus far in their careers. And I mean, with Michael Franco, I honestly, I have lost track of him and I don't even know if he's playing baseball right now. He might, he might still be, um, but uh, it, it's, he's on the Orioles. Is he on the Orioles? Okay. Okay. And I just think the developmental staff, it is new. I And I, I say this with hesitation. Let's give them a shot here over the course of the next year or two to see what they can do with some of these some of these guys. And specifically the guys that were just drafted uh, during this draft too. Right. And, and I really hope that there is some development coming down the pike somewhere because little fun fact, how many Philadelphia Phillies catchers have hit a home run in an all-star game? JT Romuto tonight, the only one. You know, so, <laughs> oh, was he it? Was, okay. And he was not even someone that we drafted. So, right. <laughs> so I, I want to see better. I want to see better prospects coming out from the draft. I want to see an actual farm system produce something other than uh, uh, Cole Hamels, Jimmy. Ron, you know what I mean? I, I want to see it. Like we're going back to when they had a farm th- system and they came up, they built their guys, and it was like, like John said, you know. They were all part of that that six year run from 07 to twelve. And look what happens when you hit on players and and you develop them. Yeah. And ever since then, they just haven't developed, and they've made baseball a living hell in Philadelphia. <laughs> <laughs> so, go ahead, Chris. I, I know you're dying went- to jump back in. <laughs> no, I just obviously you know the new topic is you know. I don't know the Eagles. No, is uh, the Ben Simmons the Ben Simmons trade rumors? Oh. How, the, how the fruition of it has come has starting to gain some heat this week. Well, <laughs> well, I mean, look, you, you knew even though that they were saying you know all the right things, they want to keep Ben. They you know they want to work with him. They want to 
they want to try and help this kid and, and you know to really develop a game or 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 develop a, a free throw shot. You have to say that I think. <laughs> yeah, but you you knew that was all a cover for something like this to leak out. You know that they are willing to shop them, they are willing to trade them. I mean, when when you take what three, three four shots in the fourth quarter of the of a playoff round, that's he's he he was a liability on the court. Yeah. He's an absolute liability, and yeah. you should not be getting that in, in this stage of his career, being a former number one overall pick. And it's it, it was, it's ugly. You, you can't bring him back after that kind of performance. The fan base would completely kill the Sixers, rightfully so. And I'm not surprised at all that they're willing to shop him or that it's leaking out that he's on the block, let's say and that they want an all-star in return. Well, yeah, you want an all-star in return. <laughs> You're not going to give them away for a, a bag of balls. Right. <laughs> I What I think is interesting, guys, when it comes to Ben Simmons, the potential trade, because I, I do think it is going to happen and it's going to come mm -hmm. at some point. I think it's important for us to look at what happens almost every offseason in the NBA. There's a star player that demands a trade and inevitably gets it. In mm -hmm. 2017, it was Chris Paul. 2018, Kawhi Leonard. Uh, 2019, Anthony Davis. And in 2020, it was James Harden. So the next one could be on the horizon, and the Sixers will be in a position, I think, to make an offer to a team by, inclu by including Ben Simmons. I, I think it will inevitably happen because I, I think as frustrating as he was, and how awful his play was, how he was playing scared, how most of the team was playing scared, especially during the second round against the Hawks. I think it's important. And, and my gosh, I have been defending Ben Simmons for years and years in the Philadelphia Sports Table podcast. And it, it's gotten so, so tiring and so old. But guys, we need to recognize that he still has a pedigree here in the NBA. There's value there. There is value. I, I I think sometimes folks will go a bit too far when they say he's a bum. I'm sorry, he's not a bum. When you're one of the best defensive players in the NBA, you're not a bum. You're you. He has developed, by the way, in terms of his defensive game. That pedigree has been developed very, very nicely over all these years. Unfortunately, we cannot say the same thing for the offensive side of his game. When he's under the rim and can just take a layup and decides not to in the fourth quarter, and Embiid is saying, what are you doing? Like, what are you doing? What's going on here? You know that there is a fracture within his brain when it comes to the offensive component of the ball. So I think we need to kind of be patient here with what Daryl Morey's going to do. I, I just say trust the Morey. At this point, especially after getting, you know, Seth Curry for Josh Richardson, for God's sake, last that, was, year. that was a ridiculous trade. Oh, my God. Amazing. Trust the Maury. I do have trust in him. Probably most trust of any general manager. He's not even the general manager, technically, but <laughs> the guy the making decisions. Manager. Yeah, <laughs> he's a GM. Elton yeah. Brand's there for the face. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But I, again, guys, I, I think the next major player this next major star player to demand a trade is probably going to be on the horizon we're seeing it year after year after year and i think that's where daryl morey can come in and that's where ben simmons can possibly be part of a package now and you're right and let's let's l listen we can we can go on for you know another eight hours you know with the, ben, <laughs> with the ben simmons hate and the ben simmons talk yeah um but he's still 25 years old he's gonna yes. be 25 on tuesday yeah, the guy's not a lot like LeBron James was is was playing. He's in his 20th season and he was 19. So like you're, we're going to give him a what if we're going to trade him. That's fine. Make sure we get like the superstar that we need in return. Absolutely. I don't want to watch a 38 year old Ben Simmons win his third championship, you know, <laughs> for the Lakers or for the Cavaliers or for the for somebody like I don't right. I don't want to say and we can we can sit there and say that. Oh. Yeah, you know, we had him in his prime. But we're like, we got mad because he didn't shoot. And listen, I'm one of those guys defended Ben, but I did get on him. But when you, when you go back to the series against Atlanta, we can all agree that Ben was 65% of the problem. 
you know, and then it was Doc. And then for me, it was Tobias Harris. As good as Tobias Harris was that series, he had four key turnovers in two games, and he had four points. Max players can't do that. Absolutely. Chris, Tobias Harris laid down during that series. He laid down, and it was a detriment to the Philadelphia 76ers in the playoffs. Right. And you know what? And, and when I was on a, I was on a podcast a couple of weeks ago cuz I had gotten to a debate with the guy Frankie cuz he was he was he was all he was all Tobias and I'm like you know no Tobias is, is a reason they lost. I was like you take away all right, take away Embiid's eight turnovers in game 7. Embiid was in a, was on a different planet when he was like he was injured and he was still dropping with the exception of the one game 30 35 points a game. But Tobias Harris those two turnovers at the end of the game when you had a chance to win yeah, he he's not getting enough heat, and I still say, as much as Ben Simmons is getting killed, and Eric will be there to back me up, he is nowhere, in my opinion, getting the heat that Carson Wentz got. Nope. No, like Carson Wentz couldn't do a blessed thing right, even right. when he was on the bench. Well, he doesn't talk to the media. Well, again, the backup quarterbacks don't talk to the media. Well, he should. Well, we're not in a regular season; they talk via Zoom. Why would right. the backup quarterback talk to 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 the reporters? Like right. it, it's that's the stage for Jalen Hurts. That's the stage for Frank Reich. It's a stage for the defensive captain. Mm-hmm. It's not his place to talk. Right. Like, and right. It was like, well, he he should talk to us. Why? And then he would get heat for that. And I just don't think Ben Simmons is getting heat. He it's starting to pick up now because he's watching Wimbledon. We're really yeah. mad. We're really <laughs> mad that the kids watching all tennis in Australia. exactly that he, that he has a life outside of trying to fix his free throw shot or something so so he spent three hours one day watching wimbledon and it's like this right. guy isn't working on his on his shot well we, you know what we see the gym videos we saw right. the gym videos all last year we saw the gym videos all in 2019 i don't like, want to see those this year i don't, I don't <laughs> really exactly. don't i don't want to see a blessed thing yeah put that on put put it under a burner account and put and put like a purge face <laughs> on them so we don't see his face because right, right. Because then we get all optimistic. Oh, he's got a jump shot. Oh, he's doing this. He's hitting three pointers. He's hitting those free throws. And then it's the Ben Simmons that was of the 2021, you know, seven round Atlanta series. Right. Right. And, you know, for, and I know I'm going to get heat for this. As bad as Ben Simmons was in game seven, he also shut down Trey Young. Like, we got beat by, you know, a ginger. I'm I'm sorry. We got beat. <laughs> we got we got beat by our own kind. Like why is Herder scoring 27 points? Yeah, that's so, a great point. Like how how does that happen? Like yeah, like that that doesn't mean anything. I, right. I don't I don't get right. it. The interesting point. I I just I think when it comes to where Ben Simmons is developmentally from an offensive standpoint, I think that's why Daryl Morey is inevitably inevitably going to move him, and I really do think that. Yes, they're going to have to trade for an all-star, but I think they're going to see how the landscape is going to potentially alter. And again, I think a star player is probably going to come out and say, you know what, I want out of whatever my situation is, whatever team I'm with. And uh, that's when Daryl Morey is going to hopefully just swoop right in there and uh, take care of business. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. you're right. And I I think he will. I really do. I think he will. Um, but, uh, Jeff, I know, uh, I mean, you're graciously on with us now for almost an hour. I, I know you got to get running. I, I appreciate gotta, it. I appreciate you know, the I, time. I, yeah. I, I, I know you got a big day ahead of you tomorrow and all that stuff. So, um, if you want to do, uh, your shameless plugs real fast before you roll. On oh, out, geez. Go right <laughs> Absolutely. Just, dude, no, just the, <laughs> listen, everybody that we've been doing our podcast show for over eight years, the Philadelphia sports table. We're on all podcasting platforms, Apple podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, uh, Philadelphia sports That's our website. In case you want to go listen to the shows there. And you can also follow us on uh, Twitter at Philadelphia PSD. You can follow me at Jeffrey underscore Warren. And uh, that, that's about it, guys, man. It was a great discussion. Do you, you know, keep, uh, keep doing what do you're doing? Do you do live shows like on StreamYard or is this your first one? Uh, no, no, I, I did. Uh, I was on another podcast last week where I was on StreamYard for the very first time. This is the second time oh. that I've been on StreamYard. We just do our audio shows and we upload them uh, on a weekly basis. We have our Patreon platform, patreon.com slash Philadelphia PST for some additional content. Really get into some great interviews, kind of dive deep into the sports world and Philly sports world in general, as well as some behind the scenes 
stuff that goes on with the show too for like five bucks a month so anyway it's a <laughs> great time and it man it's been great talking to you guys too keep up what you're doing really keep it up thank you right. thank you and Thanks, man. gladly come back anytime we'd love to have you back on sounds good sounds good guys thanks for the All opportunity right, and uh hey man go birds go fills go flyers and go Sixers. Let's do it. <laughs> go uh, Union. Yes, there you go. Have a good night, Jeff. Have hey, take night. care, guys. Take care. We got All it. Right. That that went very well. I I enjoyed that. I enjoyed that. I was glad. Yeah, that's glad. Yeah. That's weird. I didn't get the alert. So I mean, that's yeah, really what, it. I mean, what, that's what really we, it, guys. What, Anybody who's still on. I mean, we, we basically said what we wanted to cover. Um, I, I can't think of anything else. You guys have been on, we're going on an hour. So yeah, yeah. You know, I got to start cleaning up and getting my stuff ready. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know why you didn't get an alert or I, I don't know why I didn't go to my phone. Yeah. I'm yeah. Uh, oh, and I have to do it an opening for our show. We got to let it this part out, but I had to do an opening because I, I didn't get the countdown going. I was like, Oh man, I hit live and I'm like, Oh, Hey, there you are. <laughs> so but, All right, we'll do the spiel and we'll, we'll head out of here. All right. Well, everyone, thank you for joining us on another edition of the Philly Philly Podcast presented by CEVsports.com, uh, powered by StreamYard and the Anchor app. Uh, I, Eric Perigini, he's Chris Lahiff. And for Patrick Hausman, thank you all for joining us. And once again, thank you to Jeff Warren from the Philadelphia Sports Table for joining us and having a very spirited conversation on Philly topics tonight. Everyone, good night. Have a good one. See you, Chris.